0: Welcome along to the second preview, season preview of season six of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, and uh, I've got the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe with me uh, for this podcast. We've kept Tony on strength and conditioning duty for this episode, so it's just myself and James. Uh, James, how are you doing, mate? Summer in well, I hope?
1: Yeah, mate. It feels like it should still be pre-season, shouldn't it? Uh, but here we are. We're gearing up for a, a new season in July. It's a strange one, but um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, usually by now, we'd be two weeks into being on the piss after England winning the World Cup. But obviously, it's the women that are going to contribute to that, because I'm sure you've been following it uh, throughout the um, slow preseason that we've had. The Lionesses just doing a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, it's been great to see. The fact it's in England, um, so many uh, great full stadiums and uh, the atmosphere has been amazing. And the fact that England have done so well and barely conceded a goal and got to the final, um, it's 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 really great to see. So, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic weekend, that's for sure.
0: It absolutely is, yeah. Uh, barely conceded a goal. Scored some Danny Hilton and Chitowery goals. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah it's I mean, always Germany, though, isn't it? Always bloody Germany. It in is the always island. Germany, but you know, I mean, nine, how many 1966 references are there like, going to be between now and Sunday? Yeah,
1: I think that you miss all that. With, you, you miss all that rubbish. I think, thankfully, with the girls, the women's football, and rightly so, because it's come on, it's t- 2022 uh, now, isn't it? So, um. Yeah, it's, it just seems like a lot friendlier, really. I, I know we're going to get into it, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying the different side of football than it, what it usually is. Well, if you consider the last uh, European final that an England team got to uh, and the chaos that ensued around the stadium outside before, then... Um, yeah, it's been an altogether more pleasant experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely it has. Yeah, hopefully Sunday passes uh, much better off this pitch and also the result on the pitch is much better for the Lionesses because they certainly deserve, uh, deserve it based on what they've done so far in this tournament. Let's turn the attention back to the town then, um, James. And since we last um, spoke, ahead of pre-season starting actually, which was all of three weeks ago, um, We've had some more transfers come in. Uh, I think we were all excited when we did the last podcast about Corley Woodrow. And there was kind of a hint, wasn't there? You'd done an interview with Nathan who said that um, a a goalkeeper was imminent. Well, we now know that that goalkeeper is Ethan Horvath, uh, America International on loan for the season from Nottingham Forest. Absolute giant. Um, And looks like he's going to play a big part this season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be some competition, isn't it, in the goalkeeping stakes? And still, James Shade to come back, although everybody probably was a bit expect that to be the back end of the season, if at all. But um, yeah, fantastic. It, uh, all of the signings have been very impressive, to be fair. But um, how often we say that, really? They they sort of come out the blue and and uh, do the business.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, albeit for five minutes, played in the playoff final, which obviously we were agonisingly close to getting to ourselves. Uh, got plenty of experience and clearly he's come down here in World Cup year to play, so um, I think we're expecting him to be number one, would you say? I know Nathan was asked directly and he straight batted that question out at the press conference today, but I think most people would expect him to be between the sticks on Saturday, if for no other reason, because he, he was in goal against West Ham.
1: Yeah, you would have thought so. I mean, he did say that, be that, that pretty much will be the starting 11 at the West Ham team to play Birmingham so it's it's seeming that way Um, but yeah we'll we'll wait and see and hopefully there isn't the goalkeeper merry-go-round that there was last season
0: yeah that is for sure yeah a couple of midfielders have arrived Um, I wasn't actually sure if Louis Watson was going to be in the first team squad or the development squad but he was mentioned an awful lot in the press conference earlier so I'm so I'm guessing from that that he's going to be in the first team squad. He's obviously from Derby, box-to-box midfielder, from what I understand. And the other one, Luke Freeman, who we spoke about on this podcast a few times because we were linked with him in January. Uh, Two more good-looking signings in an area where really we needed a little bit more depth just to cover a few injuries that we had last season.
1: Yeah, um, and also the fact that Robert Snodgrass looks like he's not coming back at all. Um, But it's no surprise, really. I think everybody once once freeman was was signed uh, i think that was that was the end of that um which was a shame cuz he played his part uh but yeah Luke freeman uh, Luton wanted him for a while didn't get in uh, the wages didn't match up the last time that they were in for him but you know these things come back around and um Luton's form last season kind of kind of hurt, sorry, in in those stakes um, and yeah, we don't really know much about um, Louis. Louis he's, he's not actually played that many times with Derby County, but it does seem like he's going to be within the first team squad. I should think he'll be um, more uh, in the in the vein of Elliot Thorpe in, in terms of how much he gets to play. But who knows? There's, you know, there's nine games in the first month. Um, there's a lot of football to to go around, so we'll, we'll never know. And there's five subs, of course, as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the key thing. We'll come on to uh, the new rules, regulations and everything in part two of the podcast. Uh, I should have actually mentioned at the start of the podcast that we will be doing uh, part one and part two this season as we did last season, as it proved so popular with uh, everyone else. Um, Most of the signings that uh, we've picked up this summer, we've been linked with in the past, but there was a real surprise one, wasn't there, with Carlton Morris coming in from Barnsley. I don't think anyone had sort of... Heard the link until it broke earlier in the day that he'd actually signed. And uh, I know at the time that there was talk of £2 million as a transfer fee, but the fact that no one's sort of quoted that it's our club record would suggest that it's a lot less than that. But uh, already you can see that he's a decent player and um, I guess he'll be a perfect foil for Elijah.
1: Yeah, he looks a prospect, doesn't he? Um, quick and, and strong and knows where the goal is. I you was know, speaking to Nathan today and uh, the, the common phrase of a lot of these players is that they haven't hit their ceiling yet but they will improve under him and, and now Chris Cohen who's the system manager now and and obviously Alan Sheehan. The evidence of the, of the previous seasons suggests that that will be the case. Um, there's certainly a lot more competition now up front and that's that's so needed. I mean, we we all went to, or or at least saw the Huddersfield game where Luton should have been out of sight really, but for the fact that they didn't have anyone on the pitch that could stick it away Um, and you know the sight of Elijah Adebayo limping round for the last five minutes or whatever it was because he was injured and Luton needed something, um, spoke volumes, so they've really addressed that this season with, with aplomb I think and it's going to be exciting, can't wait to see who plays, or the combinations, or just if, you know if somebody's going to come off the bench and be an impact player, and um, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to to that side of it.
0: Yeah, when I was writing the agenda for this podcast, I thought about putting in a starting eleven on Saturday section, but I thought no, that, that's actually going to be too hard because it really is hard to pick a starting eleven. I mean, if you just look at the strike force, obviously Elijah, Harry, Cameron, Jerome were here from last season. Along with Admiral Musque, who I think we're going to see a, a much better um, version of this season with him having a full pre season. And now we've got Corley Woodrow, who is just, we know all about his quality. And we've got Carlton Morris. That's six players, potentially only for two spots. I mean, training's going to be pretty competitive.
1: Well, yeah, precisely. Or unless they play a three. I mean, the, the key thing is that they've got options, really, isn't it? And they. Um... You know, if there are any injury issues, then Luton aren't going to be lacking for firepower. Um, I'm touching wood while we say that because you know if the, the situation happens with the goalkeepers and something happens where that area is decimated, but the, the likelihood is that probably won't happen. Um, so you you probably you probably put most of your money on if you're a betting man Elijah to play and start. I think he's still the main man, but. From what we've seen from the likes of Corley Woodrow, particularly, I think, he's a fantastic finisher, Corley Woodrow. So um, there'll be be some competition. I kind of would expect him to start, I know we're not going to go into the 11, but I would kind of expect him to start with maybe Elijah and Harry Cornick because that's what he knows and that's what he's used to and then the other two are going to have to uh, make the most of when they come on and prove themselves. But that's no different to many signings really but um yeah it's going to be really exciting to see uh who, who comes on and, and who performs well and if they aren't then maybe that opens the door for someone else
0: yeah absolutely i mean um the options that we've got are just where well, staggering what i like most about the transfers that we've made um this transfer window they kind of very much fit with last um, summer as well, where there was a clear emphasis on pace, athleticism, and mm. you look at all of the outfield signings that we've made. They've all got pace to burn. They're all um, technically good. You know, it's it's very much a follow-on from last season, uh, only um, adding to the quality, really.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they've they've got a style of play that works well for them, and it, um, you know, when when they're on form, they terrorise a lot of people, and it looks like there could be more players that can fit into that mould and, and make them more potent. Um, you know, I, I wonder whether there's any more tricks up their sleeve, whether they've been working on anything new to to add to what they've been doing. But I think they've always been gearing towards obviously stabilising the championship and that's 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 gone now that's water under the bridge so now it's this this evolution process or this progression that is uh, is the current mantra and rightly so um i wonder whether it's more to get back to that let's say the the league one league two side that um was so devastating and so exciting i think that's that's Probably where it's going. Obviously, no, it's a championship, so it's a bit more. It's a tougher division, uh, and who knows what can happen? It's a mad division, really, isn't it? But um, uh, if they can get to that that sort of style, which which you know you saw a few times last season, and uh, and it was suggested it was going that way, then we're in for a hell of a ride.
0: We really are. I uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Usually, I take a lot of notice of the kind of pre-season games and maybe get out to one or two of them. I've not been able to do that uh, this season. I I mean, I've kept an eye on them, and I know what's happened and everything, but I've not been to any of them, so I'm really looking forward to Saturday. But uh, I put it to Sonny Bradley in the podcast that I did with him earlier in the week, head of the EFL season launch, about whether fitness or results were the important thing in pre-season, and he stressed the importance of a winning mentality. So the fact that we went unbeaten in pre-season and the only time we didn't win was against West Ham, where it felt like a win because we equalised so late, must give them enough confidence to take into Saturday.
1: Well, particularly the result against West Ham, they are clearly a top, at least a top 10 Premier League side, and probably a bit more, Uh, and to play so well against them and get a deserved draw out of it speaks volumes, really. Um, But yeah, you're right. Wherever you can try and instill a winning mentality, it's important, and particularly in the, it's been so condensed, hasn't it, the summer? I mean, I've not been to some of the the games as well, and that's because, well, we wouldn't have had a summer otherwise, would we? So, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, victories are important. And I think probably when it comes to pre-season, and people if people say they're not and it's just about getting minutes in and maybe that's when they're not getting the results but it's easier to say if you've just won all of your games so um, yeah it's 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 a decent marker isn't it and uh it's it's all you can do is beat the team in front of you and uh hopefully that carries on against birmingham
0: yeah i always think that it, you're right you can convince yourself Either way with pre-season, can't you? If you've won all the games, it's the most important thing ever. If you've lost them all, well, it's only pre-season. It, it don't really matter until <laughs> the season starts sort of thing. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Um, but it can never be a bad thing winning football matches, and uh, particularly right. the way that last season ended, you know, the, the, there's obviously that sort of um, bit between the teeth. And I, and I understand that the first four or five friendlies weren't particularly tough in terms of level of opposition. I mean, obviously, you know, Northampton are in League Two, hitching a non-league I don't even know the standard that the Slovenian team that they played out there are um Gillingham was behind closed doors their league one and obviously Peterborough are now league one as well um mm. but that West Ham one in particular that was the one that I was always looking at as a kind of not a gauge or anything but as the, the most interesting one and um that wasn't a West Ham reserve team that some Premier League teams send out just to oh, no, you know, blow no. the cobwebs off that was that was a first team and um we more than held our own against
1: them. Yeah, and that's important, isn't it? It's the, the level of opposition that, that that came to Luton, and you know, if you think to all the the seasons in the lower leagues when Luton were signing players to, to to play in the league above, really, that's that's got to apply now, I think, because um, you know the the, prog- the progression thing where they've improved every season, it's the hardest it's ever going to be this season. Um, well, until next season, but it's the hardest ever been so far because, you know, how do you improve on on sixth? Um, but but to do that, you've got to you've got to plan for the future as Luton always do, and you've got to think that if that they can go one step further, then those players have got to be able to perform in the Premier League, um, and so it's it, it's. That's why I think when you when you talk about the playing style, whether it gets back to that League One, League Two sort of side, then if you if you're planning for it to be that way, um, then who are we to poo-poo those those plans which are fairly meticulous?
0: Yeah, the one thing I did notice in that West Ham game, which was the only game that I saw, I wasn't at it, but I, I caught it on um, YouTube, was. You mentioned earlier the, uh, the kind of League One style. Well, if you think back to the League One style, you think Andrew Shinney to Jack Stacey to James Collins. And there was an awful lot of um, sort of Luke Berry, Alan Campbell, Jordan Clark, to Alfie Doughty, to the striker of, in, in our play against West Ham. And, you know, he, he seems to be that, that Jack Stacey-like fullback, doesn't he, Doughty? And I can see him having a big impact this season.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I saw him at Hitchin and it, 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 you're right, it's it's tough to judge because it, it's often the athleticism and the power uh, that is most um, stark when you see, uh, say, a championship side against a non-league side. But he was causing some havoc and he did look pacey, even if he did look a bit knackered halfway through, but that's the first pre-season game of the season. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there, there probably will be a bit of an emphasis on that. Um, and obviously you, mentioned, you know, I mentioned Jordan Clark there. His season was very stop-start through injury and whatnot. But when he did come in and when he did play, he really made that central midfield place his own, as, as Nathan said he always thought he would do. And so that's kind of an exciting prospect to have back, uh, you know, a fully fit, regularly playing Jordan Clark. Alongside Alan Campbell, and even the likes of Gabe Osho, obviously, who really did perform so well but then got injured, and we didn't see him towards the back end of the season. So, there's as well as the sort of seven signings to come in, there are you know the injuries ripped apart Luton so badly last season that there'd be a whole uh handful of players that come back that you know, oh yeah, he's he's around still.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that is that is the thing. I mean, really and truly, the only thing that let us down last season was that we literally ran out of fit working bodies towards the end of the mm. season, didn't we? I mean, you know, we yeah. were struggling to fill the bench towards the end, and obviously that Huddersfield away game, it was literally, if you can move, you're in the, you're, you're in the squad <laughs> sort of thing. But you just get the feeling that that's not going to be the case this season. And uh, yeah, like you, I'm really excited. And uh, yeah, I'm just so looking forward to the season. I can't wait for it to start now. Um, There was a, an announcement prior to the press conference on Thursday uh, that Mick Harford has um, moved back to being the Chief Recruitment Officer. Chris Cohen is now the Assistant Manager. You asked him about that um, at the press conference. Sorry, you asked Nathan about that at the press conference. Uh, yep. We had Chris Cohen on the podcast last season, and he spoke so well. That I always thought that he was going to move through the sort of levels at the club. Uh, it, it's 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 just a sign of the talent that we've got within that coaching pool that we can uh, let Mick go back to doing what he does best without really making the setup any worse in any way.
1: Yeah, I mean he talked really glowingly of Chris Cohen, um, and he has done for some time. So it's no surprise really that he's made the step up, and um, he talked about him as uh, sort of his. Tactical right-hand man, which is good to hear. Um, he's got that input, uh, but he also did say he's, he's, you know, now he's he's sort of trusting his own decisions a bit more, and that he's. It's amazing that for a manager that was named Championship Manager of the Season last season. He's talking about he's still evolving and stuff, and that's a good thing, really. If you ever think you're the complete package, you're probably in a bit of bother. Um, but yeah, the the, the fact that. You know, Paul Hart's gone to the academy. I think that's an amazing thing for the academy, I think. Um, And the fact that Mick Carford has has, um, gone back to the the role that he's, you know, been so synonymous, really, synonymous with at at Luton Town. And, and, you know, the recruitment of players has been so impressive since um, the pair of them have been working together then it just seems like a no-brainer, really. And obviously, they brought in Alan Sheehan midway through last season, and, and he's stepping up as well. So um, it seems like a good mix. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's again, it's another exciting one.
0: Yeah, what I like about Nathan is he's uh, open to working with different people. I mean, he mentioned that he always likes to have an experienced person around, and he's still got two, as an Ian Mick and Paul Hart. But also... We use the academy and we use the sort of lesser coaching ranks to bring former players through the coaching system that know the club, that know how Nathan works and everything else. And obviously two more were announced earlier in the week, Uh, one returned to the academy and another one joined it in Alan McCormack and Alex Lawless, two fantastic servants for the football club on the pitch. Uh, And it's just great that our youngsters are learning off two wonderful role models.
1: Yeah, I, I like the fact that there's all this um, heritage really throughout the team who, uh, you know, have been there through the successful periods of Luton's recent history to, to, to build on that and and develop the young players. You know, we, we're all quite aware that the the ultimate goal is to boost the academy to such an extent that there's that through line, a pathway more to the first team, and, and that can. You know that that can breed the next James Justin and so on, um, and these are the steps that are important to put in place to to build towards that. It's probably still going to be a long road because you, you know you know they haven't got that academy two status yet, uh, but obviously it's it's been done with that in mind and um, for when it you know eventually does happen, um, and I, I I just sort of see it as a if you look at, like, a, a Barcelona, they, they've they done that uh, throughout their history as sort of thread the coaches they want throughout the structure of the club. And, and similarly in the old days, you know, in the 70s and 80s with Liverpool, they did a similar thing as well. And uh, Ajax as well. So if you look at all these great clubs and they're, they, they're great to learn off. Don't, don't get me wrong, they're, they're huge, huge clubs that have won Champions League. So... I'm not saying that about Luton, but if you it's not very sexy to talk about and, and it often does get mentioned about structure of the club, but they're the building blocks that you put in place that can get you closer to success. There's still a lot of other things, don't get me wrong, that, that have to work in your favour and have to come come right. But um, you know, right throughout the club it just seems like they are they know what they want to do. They have a plan and they implement it. So, um, yeah, it's, it, and they're good good fellas as well. Um, Alan Cormack and Alex Lawless. Is, it, 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 you know, if, if you turn to coaching and you've been in the Luton setup from, you know, 2016 on, it all seems like there's a good chance that you might end up back. And, um, you know, I think all fans would be happy to see them around the place.
0: Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see the um, levels that the development squad reach this season. The development squad, in particular, I think they're more advanced than the uh, than the sort of academy ages. I think Paul Hart's there to work his magic on that. But you look at the development squad and you look at players in it that have that have played in pre season. I'm thinking Dion Pereira, who's really shone in uh, in the pre season time that he's had, and. Um, Obviously, we've got Elliot Thorpe in that side that, that's waiting in the wings and a couple of others that are sort of catching the eye, Josh Allen and um, Avan Jones, who also played against um, Peterborough and mm-hmm. obviously um, cramped up, but seemed to be playing really, really well in the first hour of that game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the impact that that, that that development squad has and how close the players in it are to the first team, because, I mean, it is hard to judge on pre-season, but Dion Pereira must be knocking on the door, albeit you kind of think he might be one of those that may still go out for another loan.
1: Yeah, possibly. But I think the good thing is that any time he's ever mentioned, Nathan Jones does talk very glowingly of him. So, um, you know, he was unlucky a bit with the loans last season, Pereira, wasn't he? But, you know, eventually found a place at Bradford. Um, It's just about getting that development squad closer to the first team because such was the progression and so quick was the progression that the players that were there, um, it, you know, it'd been really hard to all step up at the same time. One or two may, of, of course, but, you know, you've seen, you see, you see youth talent come and go, don't you really? But they've got to try and bridge that gap a little bit more. Um, and with the signings they've made and Probably the the biggest one is Paul Hart being there, considering his track record with producing young talent. Um, it all looks quite positive
0: yeah, it really does it, it really does, and uh, obviously the under eighteens have been on a um, on a trip this week, which was funded by Solid and the team building exercise, so clearly the um, the squad that 's in place there are going to hit the ground running, hopefully. So, yeah, no, all parts of the club. The first team, the recruitment and everything to go for the new season looks fantastic. The development team's starting to take shape and there's all sorts of rumours of other players coming in and joining that, particularly the lad from Canada who has been rumoured throughout the whole of pre-season. And as I say, if the under-18s then step up as well, then, uh, yeah, the, the club's in a, in a great place. Whether we progress or not, we'll get on to shortly, but... I mean, I can't ever remember from top to bottom the club being in such a, a stronger shape as it is right now.
1: Well, no, and that's the thing, and that's the thing that everybody should really be proud of. I mean, you know, everybody will look to results on the pitch for the first team, but right throughout the the whole DNA of the of the club is so strong and positive that um, it, it it should bring a lot of satisfaction to most people. Um, you know, and even to the, even to the point that. Maybe you want to go and watch a few more development games and stuff like that, just to see the sort of talent that's coming through. And that's, you know, when you when you're thinking about that sort of thing uh, and looking at prospects, that's that's a that's a good thing. It just builds a buzz, doesn't it?
0: yeah that, that is the thing I mean you know if, and it, and also it will give them sort of recognition so yeah no, the the club's in a in a fantastic place uh, on the pitch we'll finish this part of the podcast. I was going to include it in the second part, but we'll, but we'll finish it in this first one because we've mentioned about how the club is from top to bottom uh, let 's just talk about the kits for this season because the one thing i 've really liked about the kits recently is they 've all been modeled on past kits and and that 's the same again this season. Uh, the home kit's been modelled on a shirt from the 1990s. The third kit is the one in particular that caught my eye, the blue and navy one. Uh, that was the shirt that we wore at Norwich in the FA Cup. And also the away kit looks like an absolute banger. I mean, as someone who, uh, you know, you, you've got a, an eye for these things, what do you think about those kits?
1: <laughs> I've got an eye for these things. I'm not... Uh, I'm not uh... I was trying to think of a name of a fashion designer there and it eluded me which probably speaks quite uh, volumes really but um I'm not I'm not sure about the home one you know I'm not I'm not sure it's quite captured that I think that it's the trailer. fact that we got
0: relegated in it when we wore it originally that's making it Yeah didn't re, didn't win it's... a game in it <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I think that's the thing wasn't it but um yeah, I, yeah. obviously that was an Umbro kit, this is an Umbro kit, the, the through line is there obviously, but um, for me, the, if you talk about kits, the best gluten kit for me ever was the 1984 to 1986 Adidas Bedford kit, um, and I, obviously the, I don't think, I wouldn't imagine Umbro are going to try and model themselves on that kit, but if ever if there, if there was to be a retro kit, that would be the one I'd want to see, but... I mean you know, ultimately if if Luton playing well nobody nobody would care and um you know, I'm a I'm a forty year old man, so <laughs> sometimes just go, Oh, well it's just a kit. Uh, the second the other the second kit, um, I, I quite like. Um it does does look a little bit like the Team G B kit. Um, which I'm okay with. I mean I, you know, that's that's no bother and then uh, yeah, the, the the third kit. Um, yeah, it's just a kit, really. Uh, as long as they get success in those shirts, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. No doubt, we'll have Simon on at some point during the season, and he'll tell us what the results are in each individual shirt. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, they they all look they all look pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, there's a bit of a supply issue, as there is without throughout football. Obviously, they come from China and places surrounding that, and um, COVID's wiping out a lot of uh, manpower out there, so uh, we can't get our hands on them too much at the minute, but I'm sure that will resolve itself over the coming weeks, and we'll see them shirts around Kenworth Road throughout. Um, okay, that's all of pre-season covered in this first part of the podcast. Um, make sure you listen to the second part of the podcast, which is coming up, uh, where we will discuss the new season, expectations, goals, um, And we will look at the start of the season with the first sort of half a dozen matches or so. So for now, thanks for listening to the first part of the podcast. And as I say, uh, look out for the second part of the podcast, which will be on all your podcast apps shortly.